podcasting. Yeah. Oh, now I can hear it. Podcasting. Yeah. All right. I'll count us in three and we'll do our welcome home cheater. Sounds good. And I'm Elm. And this is the podcast where we pull back the covers on infamous infidelities throughout history and pop culture. So exciting. So true. Um, so today I am going to tell you a story that you may have heard a bit before, but I promise you will hear things about it that you have never once heard. I am literally so, I've been like thinking about this all week about, because okay, I, I kind of have an idea because you've told me yeah. like what you're going to do, but I didn't. I don't know. I haven't re-listened to any of the stuff we know about it. Mm-hmm. So, like, literally, I was trying to think about what I know about it. And I was like, oh, I know, like, nothing about this. Good. So, uh, I couldn't even remember their names. So, <laughs> Let me start off by asking you, Elma. Who's your favorite Batman? My favorite Batman? Yeah, who's your favorite Batman? Um, Controversial opinion. I loved Val Kilmer. <laughs> oh, that's a weird that's a weird one. I honestly, Shut up! No, I would honestly say Robert Pattinson, but that's just because Oh, fuck. I forgot he was Batman. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's, yeah, we, we've said before, he's more of a good uh, Bruce Wayne than a good like, Bat. Yeah. Know? Well, and also, it's Zoe Kravitz was in that movie, so I didn't pay attention to anybody else. Well, how does Otto Sanhuber stack up in your ranking of Batman? Oh, obviously, my favorite Batman is Otto. T- today, we're here to talk about Otto Sanhuber. The Batman of Los Angeles I'm in the so 1920s. I'm so excited. Also, Batman of Los Angeles, like, that is the most. <laughs> like Move over Gotham. Batman's <laughs> taking LA. He's on Ozempic. He's drinking his green juice. He's on Ozempic. He's vegan now. Like, <laughs> he's an influencer. He's polyamorous. <laughs> oh, my God. He's, for him. He's doing improv. Yeah, he's doing cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is a story that I've uh, listened to a few things about before over the years. Um, I think I saw one of the BuzzFeed unsolves about it, but it wasn't um, it wasn't the one with Shane and Ryan. It was like one of the things when they were trying to launch like the other little like when they oh. made BuzzFeed Unsolved Network and it kind of sucked and they were doing like dramatic reenactments. It was like one of those. It was only like, four yeah. minutes long and like not well researched. So yeah. I think that was like what piqued my interest though in this. And then I listened to a few podcast episodes, I think when we were living together yeah. about it. For this, uh, I tried to dig in really deep, and that's what took me so long about it, was I like, tried to find, like, historical newspapers from the time and, like, LA Times articles, like, from back in the day on, like, internet archives, because I feel like it's something that's become so sensationalized that there's a lot of, like, missive. You're giving me a, me a look like you want to kiss me on the mouth right now. <laughs> I, I do, actually. There's nothing I love more than research. There's nothing I love more than an internet archive. I, like, I love you. Sorry, keep going. Thank you, Yeah. So that's where I was. I was deep in the internet archives and the dusty, busty uh, parts of our web. Um, and that is where I got a lot of my information from today. And I will whatever link link to where this actually came from, because I, I could be wrong on stuff. Who knows? But I'll, I'll, I'll put the links in the description or whatever we're going to do with that. Yeah. No, because I have a lot of I sourced a lot of my stuff from last time. And I was like, oh, I never mentioned that about anything. Regarding... This time we'll mention it. We'll mention it that we'll share it somewhere. Even yeah, we'll put like, it somewhere. It'll be somewhere. So, our story starts with Walburga Dolly Osterick. She was born... Uh, Sorry, I'm going to need you to say that one more time. Walburga, a.k.a. Dolly Osterick, German. 
<laughs> I was going to say Mark Wahlberg's drag sona. Yeah, Wahlberga. Wahlberga. Um, so she was born as Walber- Wahlberga Korschel in 1880 to German immigrant parents of French, Irish, and German ancestry. Um, a lot of information on this story is a little hazy. Uh-oh, y'all. Uh, Uh-oh, y'all. <laughs> Uh, due to the aforementioned sensationalism and the fact that most of it takes place in the 1910s and 20s. Uh, For example, people aren't sure if Dolly was born in Germany and then moved to America with her parents or if she was actually born in America. So a lot of ages to our little, uh, you know, fuzzy. So, yeah. But um, a lot of my information on Dolly's background, I'm getting from a 1930 edition of this, uh, like, pulp periodical called... uh, Startling Detective Adventures, which was like started in 1929, and it was a true crime like pulp tabloid that was supposedly like using like police reports and stuff to tell these like super sensational like smutty true crime stories that people would buy for 25 cents. That's just true crime podcast. That's just true crime podcast today. Um, these had really funny covers though. I'll, I'll pull one up and show you later. But that's where I got a lot of information from. So even though it might not seem like the most reputable source, they had a lot of like direct info like photographs and everything they stated aligned with what I'd read elsewhere of the story so it doesn't seem inaccurate it's just like you know they might have added a little bit here and there well and I was gonna say like if you're saying that they're pulling directly from like police reports then there has to be some level of like actual information there so like, I mean maybe well, this is all lies because it's from the cops but yeah I was like we don't I, as it left my mouth I was yeah. like no but the cops no, lie but yeah like, but this was so it was a story published in 1930 while a trial was happening related to this case oh so like it was in the moment so that's what she, makes me kind of trust it she was the moment she was the moment <laughs> so that's what makes me think that the information is like you know probably closer to accurate than the retellings of it have gone through games of telephone over the years. Yeah. Well, and also like, it's a, it's a weird story. Yeah, like, yeah. so without further ado, let's dive into it. So according to Dolly herself, uh, this information was, she later revealed it in interrogation with the LAPD. Um, she says that she was born in Chicago. Her father was a plumber who disappeared when she was eight years old and was never seen again. And after that, her family was quite poor, which led to her and her younger sister going to work in factories when she was 12 and her sister was 10. Um, when she was 14, she met 17-year-old Fred Osterick, whose father owned a neighborhood shoe store. Um, they dated and got married three years later when Dolly was 17 and Fred was 20. Soon after that, they moved to Milwaukee, where Fred went into the family business and opened um, his own shoe store. And this business eventually grew into other shops in town and eventually led into a manufacturing uh, place, a manufacturing company, um, where they made women's undergarments and aprons. And so they were eventually successful enough that they opened up the Osterich Manufacturing Company. And they were very rich after that because they were very successful. Um, By most accounts, Dolly was charismatic and attractive, and Fred was grumpy, I wrote in my notes, um, and a heavy (laughs) drinker. So he was just kind of like distant and like uncool. He was a man in the 1900s. Yeah, he was a man in the in the 1910s with a drinking problem, but, like, not the fun kind. Um, <laughs> so it's rumored that because of that, Dolly started taking lovers really early on in their marriage. Like, basically, from the start, like, she would have lovers in the home while Fred was at work at the factory. Good for her. I was, ju- I was just about to be like, <laughs> and good for her. Uh, and so, thus, we introduce the third main character in our story, Otto Sandhuber. Um, And a lot of the information we get on his bio also comes from 
the uh, Detective Adventures periodical. Um, and this is what he supposedly later told uh, attorney Herman Shapiro about his backstory, which is that uh, he was given up to an orphanage very soon after he was born and was then adopted by a Milwaukee couple, the Sandhubers, who he lived with until early adulthood. Um, so then, did I mention they were in Milwaukee, by the way? Yes, they you, Mo- okay, yeah, they're you in Milwaukee. Did. They're in the Midwest. No, they haven't they're they're in out. Wisconsin. Yeah. Milwaukee mentioned. <laughs> yeah. yeah, look um, out, Milwaukee. We're coming for you. So uh, Dolly met Otto at her husband's factory. Um, when Otto was anywhere between 17 and 22 years old, accounts differ. Uh, let's hope he was on the older side. We sake. can only hope. We can only hope. And Dolly was in her 30s. Uh, he had a job um, at a sewing company, a sewing machine company, and was at the factory to install some new sewing machines for the textile production oh. company. So that's where wow, they met. Wow, what a meet cute. I know. Like, oh, you're at my <laughs> husband's factory. Oh, my God, you're at my husband's factory. And maybe do you you're wanna, 17. <laughs> do you want to come to my factory? <laughs> and he does. Yeah. Um. So then uh, soon after that, in 1913, Dolly calls Fred one day at work while she's at home and reports that the sewing machine in her house that she's using is broken. Uh, what are the odds? Um, I, I was like, damn, that's kind of smooth, though. <laughs> well, he calls for repairman. And who do you think shows up at the house? Um, Like some random dude from the company. Yeah. Some person we've never met. So, yeah. A, a fourth player. <laughs> and, and that's it. That, that's the podcast. Nothing yeah. Ever uh, and that's the end of the episode. No, I think it's auto. Okay. Yeah, so it was Otto. <laughs> You're correct. Uh, so when he arrives at the Osterich residence, Dolly, and this is quote um, word for word according to LA Times, greeted him in a silk robe, heavy stockings, perfume, and nothing else. That's a power move. Yeah, like she knew what she wanted. Well, she it's like it. it's it kind of like not to harken back to the literally our first episode, the one before this, but like that's such a Camilla move. It is. Like, there's a common theme in these women, which is, I'm just going to fucking go for it. And I'm like, listen, both of those stories end up bad. Mm-hmm. However, slay. <laughs> Wait, this story ends up bad? Does it? I don't know. Spoilers. Oh, my God. You're going to have to tell me. In a shout. So, uh, after that, you know, she seduces him, obviously. He falls. He goes for the Easy. ruse. He's into the perfume and the stockings and nothing else. And who wouldn't be? <laughs> And I'll show you a photo of uh, Dolly right now. Oh, my so you God. Can get an idea for what she looks like. Now, this is obviously when she's older, but she's like a fashionable woman. Like, Oh, yeah. No, she. I could see how she'd be really cute when she was like young. Yeah. Like she has. She's like a milf. Oh, yeah. Like, but I think like I can see that like she's kind of got that like big eyed, innocent kind of thing going for her. And curls. And curl. We love curls. But like. Okay, imagine that, like, younger, like, in a, in stockings, a silk robe, perfume, and nothing else, being like, hi. Otto. Welcome in. Welcome in, Otto. Would you like to try my spitzel? Yeah, would you like to have some of my sauerkraut? She, she offered him that sauerkraut, and he said, yeah, give it to me. <laughs> and honestly, again, good for them. So uh, they quickly take up an affair, and at first they're meeting in hotels and in their own bedroom while Fred is at work. But nosy neighbors, I mean, this is the 1910s, there's nothing to do. So nosy neighbors quickly are like, who is this man who's coming in and out of your house while your husband's away? Neighbors have always been nosy. Like, I don't, the cavemen were probably like, like, about each other's neighbors. Like, they're probably like, who's that? (laughs) Tell me about it. Like, people have been nosy since the beginning of time. I don't know why people think they can get away with this kind of stuff. Like, this oh, podcast will be... Just wait until... 
just wait until you hear more of like people thinking they can get away with stuff. I've got oh. some good good tidbits. I mean, that later. should be the fucking subline of this podcast is like, why do people think they can get away with this? Because we're telling the stories. Of it. And you think usually like it's like men who are really, really bad in prison, but yeah, like, which we got like, a stupid bitch in this story. Yeah, like listen, I support women's wrongs. That's true. Um, so after the neighbors are getting a little too nosy, asking who's coming around, uh, Dolly says, oh, it's just my vagabond half-brother. I remember this part. <laughs> I remember this part because I was like, <laughs> I remember being like, oh, kind of a good lie. <laughs> Is it? I think so. I'd fall for it, I think. It's just vague enough that it stops all questions. Like, well, ma- but and they're both, na- they both have like very clearly German names. I'm like, yeah, I'd believe that. Yeah, like, you're like, sure. But I'm also like book smart, street dumb. So like. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I guess the neighbors uh, fall for that for a bit. But uh, suspicions are arising and to get people to kind of stop talking so that Fred doesn't find out. Uh, Dolly makes the very wise, uh, super obvious to her decision that Otto should just move into the attic in the house and live there full time and be her lover uh, full time (laughs) who lives in the house with her and her husband. This is my live in my live in like, what do you call a mistress that's male? Uh, um, What's the word? Uh, not like cowboy, but no. <laughs> this is my living cowboy. No, what is uh, what is the guy in Breakfast at Tiffany's? Like a like a young man who's like a rich older woman is like paying to be her like gentleman companion. There's a word for that. Oh, there is. We'll have to look it up later. I know. I want to call now, in. Though. Call in. Um, tell us. It's like one eight hundred. Are you cheating? No, it's super obvious. I know it. I just like it's not on the top of my head right now. Anyway, he was that, because uh, she was older, so basically he was that, but he also just lived with her. Um, and so he lives in the attic. Uh, he has a food, a food. He has food, a cot, uh, books, and some writing materials, because her boy is a writer. Aw, he's living the life I want to live. <laughs> I think you said this before when we listened to a podcast on this, too. You were like, I, you're like yeah. I would have this lifestyle. Yeah, like, I, would, just like... I would, like, I would sleep with an older lady and then just write in the attic if I could. Oh, yeah. So his... Uh, his lifestyle is basically that uh, during the night, he stays in the attic, and he reads and he writes. And then during the day, when Fred is at work, he comes down out of the attic, hangs out with Dolly, uh, helps her with her household chores, which I'm just like, really? <laughs> like, time to go out of my attic and, like, go do chores in the and house. Do the I don't dishes. Even, and do the dishes in the house that I don't even, like, get to live in. Yeah, that, like, nobody can know I live in. And what is Dolly doing? Oh. Like, he's doing... Her lover's doing her chores. Her husband's making the money at the factory. She uh, she be living. She's just straight She's up She's eating vibing. hot chip and lying. I'm wondering, honestly, is one of the reasons she wanted him to move into the attic is just like... Can you do the housework? Can you do the housework or like just like being lonely? Not and... to be this person. That's direct action. Mm-hmm. Like she's like, I'm tired of these female roles. Also, can I ask a question? Yes. About something that I may remember about the story. He was a science fiction writer, <gasps> right? Ding, ding, ding. You okay. did remember that. Wow. Okay. It's coming back to me now as you tell me it. Yeah. But I'm only remembering, like, very specific weird details because I remember being like, oh, he's a science fiction writer. Because, like, <laughs> I'm not a science fiction girly. I'm a fantasy girly. Sorry. I just, I don't connect with science fiction the way I do with fantasy. What can I say? You know, uh, people in the, in the industry call it SF. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not a freak who's into SF. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, anyway, he's living in the attic, uh, doing his chores, uh, also having... Lots and lots of sex during the day. Uh, apparently, he was also making bathtub gin, 
which <laughs> I don't really understand how that plays in because I don't think he had a bathtub in the attic and they could have just bought alcohol. So it feels like that was maybe just a hobby they were doing for fun on the Wait, side. Wait, this was the 1920s, right? Yeah. Prohibition. That's why. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> I was like, why? She has to live in an attic. Why can't she just buy him alcohol and put it in the attic with his other groceries? Prohibition era. Oh, yeah. They were probably just making it in the main bathtub. Yeah, probably. Like, the husband was probably fucking they were probably sick. all into the fact that there was gin in the house. Yeah, he just didn't know that there was another person helping. Oh, my God. <laughs> you literally, I feel so dumb now. No, you're not dumb. You're not dumb. Um, so yeah, then also big science fiction fan. Uh, he would read uh, science fiction stories of the time and would write his own pulp novels, which Dolly would send to publishers. Oh, oh mommy. Sorry, mommy. <laughs> Sorry, mommy. And she's like, oh, can I read your new little story? She's like, oh my God, to... babe, it's so good. I promise. I promise I'll send it to a publisher. And she's like ripping it up. <laughs> yeah. She's like it. fucking another machine gun bra. Like, <laughs> why is it always that tits become weapons? I don't understand. Oh my God. I hope it was that type of science fiction. I hope it was like the smuttiest science fiction ever. That way I can relate to him more because... I write erotica on the side. Fun fact, everybody about me. I write lesbian erotica on the side. Sometimes bisexual. <laughs> Sometimes. It's Waiter, mostly... I'll take my burger with a side of lesbian erotica. Yeah, with a side of lesbian erotica. But So it's like, I can just relate to this guy more and more. <laughs> yeah, he's living in an attic, having sex, and then writing. Apparently, they were kind of like erotic science fiction novels, too. I also, so. I remember somebody saying that they're pretty actually decent. Like, they're oh. not bad. <laughs> I could not find any in my research, so... Call in. <laughs> yeah, if you have a copy of it, call in. If you happen to own a copy of Otto Stan Huber's early works, call in. <laughs> um, so fun fact, uh, I know there's a, a big move coming later for Otto and the gang, but did you know that in Milwaukee, he also moved into two more houses with the Osteriches? Over how, do we know how, over how many years? Not very long. He was only with them for 10 years total. They were just rich and they were like moving on up really fast. I feel like rich people do that so often. Like, I feel like every time I talk to a rich person, they're like, I'm moving. They don't have hobbies. They just have moving. Yeah. But yeah, so in Milwaukee, they moved to two different houses. Good and God. he came with them without anyone noticing. So that's kind of cool. Um, this man had like another life as like a, like a jewel robber. Like, he could have been a cat burglar. Or Batman. Or Batman. Oh, my God. <laughs> so uh, things start to change for the Osteriches uh, in 1918 when they take a vacation to Los Angeles. Uh, I wrote here, assuming Otto stayed behind and danced around risky business style while drinking a bathtub gin. Love that. Like, I hope he just threw a rager. Yeah, I hope he was like, oh, my God, my parents are gone. <laughs> <laughs> He's like uh, Spongebob in that one episode with, like, his friends that are just, like, a tissue and, like, a penny. Oh, my God, the gang's all here, Chip. Just use <laughs> tissue and penny. Yeah, the gang's all here. I don't think he can have like real friends from the outside because that would arouse too much suspicion. Yeah, so I that hope penny he was just living it up though. That penny has a beautiful voice. I hope he like got to shit in a toilet for once. Oh my god, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, what, what if you what you happens if you attic? have to shit? I think during the day he could use the normal. Bathroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like when in the middle of the night, like if you have to pee pee, I think he probably had a bucket. Well, also like imagine, imagine, like. Because you don't always have, I don't want to get that gross. Never mind. Yeah, we're not going there. We're not going there. Anyway, but I think bedpans, ooh. correct me if I'm wrong on this, readers, listeners, uh, I think bedpans are still pretty normal in the 20s or 1910s, so he probably said a bedpan. That makes sense, actually. Or, like, some sort of, like, bucket. Like, disp- like <laughs> place to dispel his waste. <laughs> so, while Otto's living it up back in Milwaukee, uh, the husband and wife, Mrs. and Mr. Osterick, 
are in LA. Apparently they both fall in love with the coast uh, more than they've ever fallen in love with each other. Uh, so they decide <laughs> to move the business to the West Coast and uh, to buy a house in LA. But before they move, uh, Dolly has just one little request. What do you think it is? Hmm. That she moves separately? She just wants to make sure the house has an attic, but like for no reason at all. <laughs> She's like, babe, just really like attics. I know we never go up there and like it's like bolted from the outside or whatever, but it's just important to me that it's there. It's just like really like, it's just like super important to me. And this is like one of my needs that I need you to meet. <laughs> I'm assuming that Fred was just like always at work and like drinking and that he was just like, oh, the woman takes care of the house. Oh, to be like, I'm... oh, she needs her attic that she's, I've never seen us use. <laughs> yeah. We don't keep any of our stuff in there. Like, not even the Christmas decorations. Yeah, like, he's like, why? the Christmas decorations are not up there. Like, <laughs> he's like, what are you, what is it for? So, yeah, uh, they get their attic. And that year they move into 858 North St. Andrews Boulevard. And Otto was coming too. Oh, my God. When we go to California in January, we should go. <laughs> we should go. You know, there's actually some info online about, like, where the house is now. And, like, some of the streets have changed since oh, I'm then. Sure. But people have pinpointed, like, the current address. Um, Road trip. So uh, before Dolly and Fred uh, move out to uh, the West Coast, West Coast, they send Otto <laughs> ahead of them to move in um, once they arrive. So I think he's just sent out there to, like, I don't even know, where, like, bum around for a couple weeks or something until they get there, which, like, rude. Um and so there was actually this, like, super sad quote uh, included in the uh, Detective Adventures periodical, which I can't say how, like, true to history this quote is. But I thought it was worth including because I thought it was really funny and really sad. So apparently Otto later said, when they came to Los Angeles, I came on ahead of them. I did not dare go to the station to meet them, but I wanted to see them as soon as they arrived. So I stood on the first street bridge and watched them get off the train. Oh, my God. You know, how he doesn't even say Dolly. He says them. Them. Is he in love with the husband, I too? I think just... Is this a bisexual sad icon? I have theories about uh, Otto Sandhuber, but mostly that he's just, like, really weird. Yeah, because I was going to say, I have, a, I have a question for you as now the resident expert. Do you think Phoebe Bridgers could fix him? No. God, oh, no. okay. Do you <laughs> think, think Boy Genius could fix him? No, they just break him harder. Oh. I don't think Phoebe fixes anyone. I, I don't know. Him. She fixed me a little bit. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, she fixed... <laughs> Good luck dating her. Oh, I would never, exactly. but that's okay. Like, Also, Julian's more my type anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Boy Genius digressions aside. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, Otto's life was presumably much the same in L.A. Sci-fi, sex, and gin, baby. (laughs) Uh, Later in life, Otto would claim that he and Dolly had sex up to eight times a day. Holy shit. Um, Yeah, so that's something. He also later, uh, we'll get into why and my thoughts around this. He started referring and saying that he had been her sex slave, which. Oh. It's in the in the nineteen thirties papers, they don't really elaborate on like what that would mean, but it's just kind of like a sensational detail of like man was kept a sex slave in attic. Yeah. But because uh, it can go one of two ways with exactly. that statement. I don't think it was ever meant like literally, is what I'll say. You don't. No. I I don't. Okay. I don't know. Tell me why. Keep going. <laughs> okay, I'll keep going. We'll get there. Um but first we're gonna uh enter a, a fateful night. Where everything changes. Oh, my God. 
the night changes. <laughs> Harry Styles was right. <laughs> I don't get that reference. It's right. The night changes is a One Direction song. Oh. I'm I'm just sorry that you're so out of touch. I was a uh, really really pretentious as a tween. That's okay. I didn't listen to them. All of my friends did. I was I was busy on Tumblr listening to Neutral Milk Hotel. Yeah, I was listening to <laughs> Shiny because even back then I was kind of K-pop trash. Hey, at least that's like kind of throwback and street cred now. Oh yeah, now I can be like, you bitches know nothing. You know nothing about Shiny. You didn't and live did... through the Shiny revolution, and I did not. But uh, so let's set the scene. It's 1922. <laughs> Thank God I was losing time. <laughs> police arrive to the Osterich house after neighbors report hearing gunshots. Oh, God. Uh, concerned neighbors enter the house uh, before police arrive um, because they're pretty freaked out. This has also, be a it's rich the 1920s. It's the 1920s, and this is a rich neighborhood. Like, yeah. These are millionaires. They're not used to this level of hubbub. No, this isn't. This is not how the rich This is Skid Row. Come on. So they go into the house, and the first thing they see is Fred Osterich, dead on the living room floor, shot three times. Holy shit. And there's also, police will later notice there's also a bullet hole in the ceiling, indicating there's a struggle for the weapon. Um, but before they can linger too long on uh, our dear dead Fred, uh, they hear some banging and yelling coming from elsewhere in the house. And can they, I guess? Can I guess? Yeah. Is it in the attic? No. <gasps> what? It's not. Oh my god! I'm actually the genu- attic has nothing to do with I'm it. I'm actually genuinely shocked. By no, that. it's Dolly, and she is locked inside of a closet. And what? She's locked from the outside. Oh fuck. Um. So police come and they find that scene as well, and uh, Dolly is, you know. She's distraught by all accounts, and uh, people's first thoughts are, you know, this has to be a burglary gone wrong. The husband's dead. The wife is locked up. Um, But police are a little suspicious because uh, there's not a lot of cash missing, maybe just a little bit. And the only real thing of value taken is uh, Fred's watch, which I'm sure was an expensive watch. But, like, like, they're rich. There's way more to grab in the house. Yeah, like, doesn't really justify, like, a home invasion and a killing. It's kind of of like, it's kind of like Gone Girl. It's kind of. Um, so... It's giving Gone Girl. <laughs> <laughs> Police are also so they're suspicious because it doesn't really add up to being uh, a burglary uh, gone wrong. Um, and they also get suspicious when they're questioning Dolly at first, and she says that she and her husband never fought. Like she's like, we literally never quarreled, and they were just like, that just kind of seems weird. Like yeah. everyone fights. And well, those couples that say that, I'm like, you have the nastiest. Never well, I'm like, you have like lives. the nastiest blowout fights, and I know that. Like, I know that with a surety that I know little else with. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're suspicious, and they're a little suspicious that Dolly might have something to do with it, but they can't explain how Dolly could lock herself in the closet if she's inside the closet. They're like, well, you know, you know, someone else is involved here. She couldn't have killed him and then run in there and made it look like a botched robbery. So they really don't have anything else to go on. I don't know. Long fingers. She can get there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the case remains a mystery for a while with no leads. In the meantime, uh, Dolly's husband is dead. So she uh, moves into a new home claiming she can't stay where poor Fred was murdered. Um, and Otto comes too. I was going to say, does this new home have an attic? Oh, it sure does. And he keeps living there. Are you serious? Wait, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. He's an attic guy now. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Otto the husband's gone. Yeah. Well, he doesn't have to hide anymore. 
Well, you'll see. Because uh, even though she has auto, you know, he's, he's kind of been around. Like, he's just like the addict guy. Like, you can have addict guy oh, whenever no. you want. So uh, oh, after no. Fred's death, uh, Dolly gets two more boyfriends. Oh, my God. <laughs> she is a little insatiable. She is the ringleader of the Seattle Polycule. Oh, and I also wrote here, apparently, uh, Otto writes on a new typewriter that he bought with himself with funds from selling some of his stories, and additionally, with Dolly's loose change, because apparently she would just give him, like, some nickels or, like, some pennies from time to time as, like, an allowance. But, like, he has a tip jar. <laughs> I mean, I feel like in some ways, like, I understand because, like, you can't really leave the attic to go shopping. Like, is he just collecting them? <laughs> But then isn't there, like, a Sears catalog even back then? Like, he could be, like, from home shopping. Like, you know, like... This boy would have thrived with Amazon home delivery. Oh, God. Oh, my God. The husband's just like, why are all these packages stacking up? Yeah, like, didn't honey, what are you buying? I didn't know you were that into sci-fi. See, I was <laughs> imagining more of, like, when you're a kid and you get, like, the uh, Toys R Us catalog and you, like, get a pen and you just circle everything you want and then you give it to your parents. Like, <laughs> And then them. they buy you nothing from the <laughs> No, that was him with ye old Sears catalog. He's and like, she was like, you don't need this. Like, <laughs> wet wipes. <laughs> he was like, a window. <laughs> Friends who aren't spiders. <laughs> oh, my God. I, okay, this is why I could, this is why he and I couldn't be the same. No. I could not live in an attic. Uh, the risk of spiders <laughs> is too high. It would have to be like a finished attic. Friends like that right aren't right spiders now. really got me on. That's a really good <laughs> They don't keep those in magazines. <laughs> you can't buy a friend. <laughs> so, so yeah, while uh, Otto is uh, typing away on his stories and hanging out with the spiders, um, <laughs> she begins an affair with her estate attorney, Herman Shapiro. Are you fucking serious? This girl does not like a clean, like a clean cut edge. No, She's she likes all mess. about loose ends. Yeah, she, this is somebody who loves mess. She loves mess. This is the Marie Kondo of relationships. So, yeah, she uh, shacks up with Herman. Uh, they're dating. And uh, as a present sometimes, she gives him a watch. And he's like, this is weird. No. This looks just like no! a dead husband's watch <gasps> that you claimed was the only thing of value in the botched burglary that oh. led to his murder. And oh my she's God. like, oh, yeah, I uh, I found it sometime later, just like under like a, a seat cushion in the house. Like it was Yeah, for sure. Stolen. For sure. <sighs> So that happened. Uh, oh, Dolly. <laughs> yeah, for sure, Dolly. You for sure found it, for sure. And, uh, so at the same time that she is with this Herman Shapiro, she's also dating a Roy Klum, a Hollywood producer and businessman. Ooh, hi up. She's, I mean, she's in L.A., baby. She's, she's networking. Uh, Fun fact, they're living in the uh, neighborhood that is now known as Silver Lake. Never been. Oh, Silver Lake is where all the queer people I know live. Yeah. It's also where, speaking of queer people, it's also where that uh, Andrew Garfield movie, Under the Silver Lake, takes place. Oh, my God. Which I well, also haven't seen. <laughs> all I can think of is the gay and wondrous life of Caleb Gallo when um, Silver Lake? Freckle is, because Freckle is like, welcome oh. to my Silver Lake palace. And I'm like, yeah. Like, yeah. it's where, like, all the baristas live, <laughs> is what I've heard. I'm so not from California. In another, like, in another life, uh, Otto could have just been, like, a barista yes no he could have been like a hipster barista that falls in love with like a rich older lady and he is like he talks a lot about praxis and a lot about like marxism but he's like really like getting it straight from the tit you know what i mean like <laughs> i do um so she's with this roy Klum. she has her two boyfriends uh she's already uh given a piece of evidence to one boyfriend so what do you think she gives to the second boyfriend? no <laughs> what does she give him so dolly says 
to Roy. Hey, Roy, I'm a little worried because I have this gun. And uh, this is still 1923. So it's only one year after her husband's murder. So the murder like, weapon? So she's like, I have this gun that I'm worried might implicate me in the unsolved murder of my husband because it just so God. happens to be the exact same type of gun that the police said was the murder weapon. Um, so could you get rid of this for me? Oh my God. And then apparently he, he says yes because he's dating her. Um, and he throws it in a local tar pit, which I oh, didn't like know. the La Brea tar pits. Yes, those exactly. Yeah. I've never heard of that. I was like, LA oh my god, has... you don't know about the La Brea? T- I'm from the I'm from Florida. I'm from I forget. I forget you're not from the I West don't know Coast. Anything in LA? No, I forget. It's well, and I've been to I've been to California so many times, but like, yeah, there that it's like where like they have like dinosaur statues yeah. and stuff. Well, it also has the gun. It also has the gun. <laughs> no, he threw it in there for her. Uh, but she literally she's a she's two guns. That are match the murder weapon. Oh my god! She has two uh, twenty-five caliber uh, pistols. Um, this lady's so bad at what she does. So she gives the other one just to her neighbor. She says, "Hey neighbor, I, I you look like you need protection. Like, why couldn't you just give like limit the amount of people who can implicate you? Give two guns to one guy. They could both go in the tar pits. Get rid of it yourself. Oh she, yeah, that's honestly my advice. For Get this rid story. of it yourself. Like, if you want something done right, do it yourself." Yeah, like, I'm so confused by this jump in logic. Like, she can hide a man in an attic for years, but she can't figure out how to get rid of a fucking gun. I don't think we're giving Otto enough credit for hiding himself then, because I think if it was... It must have been him. It must have been him. So, uh, she gives the other gun to her neighbor, and he buries it in his yard. And then... Oh, God. Dolly breaks up with Roy Club. You can never break up with these people. Like, that's... Okay. (laughs) That's mistake. Like, blaring mistake. Huge mistake. If you give them evidence, you cannot break up with these people. You're gonna have to kill them, too. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's the only way out. So uh, oh she breaks God. up with Roy. And Roy's like, okay. Uh, so he goes to the police. He's like, well, fuck you. <laughs> in 1923. And that's their first big break in the case since the murder occurred. And then once it hits the headlines, uh, the neighbor also comes forward. is like, yeah, I also have this gun buried in my backyard that the same lady gave me. <laughs> so she's fucked on, like, two counts. So uh, Dolly gets arrested, um, and while she's in jail, she uh, confesses a huge secret to her lover and attorney, uh, Herman Shapiro. What do you think she tells him? I think she, mm, I think she tells him that she tells him about um, Otto. What does she think you tell? What do you think she tells him about Otto though? That Otto killed her husband. Actually, she says, "Oh no." So Herman, my vagabond half brother lives in my house and he's been there this whole time but no one can know about this can you bring him groceries once a week what Uh, what do you mean (laughs) and he's reasonably kind of freaked out by this yeah audrey what do you mean she's like he's like there's a guy living in your house that like i've been over to your place you haven't told me there's a guy here this whole time he's like we've fucked in that house in the bed probably close to the attic so oh uh, my god she asked him to bring auto groceries uh and and still sticking with the vagabond half-brother thing it's my vagabond half-brother damn still sticking with that okay listen i can i can appreciate the commitment to the bit yeah i think she's got one line and it's this so he shows up with the groceries (laughs) oh my god and according to one of the accounts i was reading he's like kind of freaked out well yeah i would literally be like shaking opening the door he goes up to the attic 
God. And she tells him, here's the direction she's given him. It's like, oh, buy God. him groceries, put the bag of groceries outside the attic door, and just like tap on it, and then leave. And don't let him see you. Okay. He gets there, the attic door is cracked open. My butthole just like sealed itself shut. Oh, oh God. Yeah. So our boy Herman's a little freaked out. So uh, to boost his confidence, he starts whistling. <gasps> no. And as he starts whistling, he sees a pale hand. No! Come out no! The door. no! 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 Out steps the ghostly figure of Otto. I didn't consider how pale he must be. Oh yeah, people said he looked like yeah. kind of crazy. Yeah, like I can't. Oh God. So how do you not just like shit your pants and run out? I, I, we don't have for a fact that he didn't. I mean, I would simply <laughs> pass away. I would simply cease to live. So uh, Shapiro's there, and he's like, I uh, still probably assuming that this is her vagabond half brother. But um, <laughs> Otto comes out, and Otto immediately starts asking about Dolly. I'm so sorry. I'm just imagining the pale hand coming out, and she's like, Don't worry, this is Twinkle, my son with every disease. <laughs> like, like... This is my son, Sparkle. He has every disease. He has every disease. Um, so uh, the first thing Otto does is starts asking about Dolly. Like, how is she? Is she okay? And Herman's Aww. like, yeah. Like, <laughs> That's kind of sweet. Oh, he lives in her attic. So he starts asking about her and if she's okay. And Herman's like, yeah, like, you know, yes. Uh, she, and, she's being held. Yeah, but she's like, being arrested. And I guess she's fine. Then Otto just starts telling Herman, like, stuff that isn't adding up. Like, Herman's quickly realizing this is not her half-brother. And then, starved for companionship, Otto pretty much just immediately reveals to Herman Shapiro, like, I'm her lover. I live in the attic. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hello. I'm the lover who lives in the attic. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it went just like that. Oh, I love that. Um, and that he's been living with the Osterix for 10 years. Fuck me running. So, uh, at this point, uh, I think while Dolly's still imprisoned, uh, Shapiro tells Otto to leave, <laughs> which I think is kind of sad. Yeah, it's like, well, he doesn't have a house. He just like, <laughs> see, dude, he just like picks up his cot like, and his, his typewriter. typewriter. He just walks down. The you stairs. just hear it clicking. <laughs> He's so, like, well, I guess I'll take all of my things with. <laughs> Imagine, have you seen uh, the jerk with? <laughs> I have. Like, all I need is this lamp and this sofa case. <laughs> He's like, I just need my typewriter and I've got a song in my heart. Like, he's like, I'm ready to get hurt again. And all these used tissues. And all of and and my chamber pot. Thank you very and my much. Chamber pot. And my wet wipes. I've, I've grown used to shitting in a bucket. <laughs> I prefer it now. I mean, if you've been living in an attic for ten years, like it's probably hard to adjust to not attic. Well, there's like there's gotta be some part of him that likes it. Oh yeah. Like there's gotta be a huge oh, part yeah. of him that likes that's the degradation. Where, that's where I kind of take umbrage with the whole like sex slave thing it's like well but no but oh we'll get there we'll get there we'll get there, there. We'll get there. there. anyway because <laughs> i have so, thoughts too yeah. so uh shapiro tells otto to leave and he does and then soon after uh dolly is released on bail and then the charges are eventually just dropped upon off because there's not enough evidence to mm. move further so uh shapiro moves in with dolly uh the la times article i was reading was very funny uh, that specified not in the attic <laughs> <laughs> Shapiro just gets what if he did though what if he did though? what if he did what if he did what if he was like I'm actually more of a basement man thing <laughs> is that a euphemism is it I'll let you decide I'll let the um, listeners decide so 
uh, Shapiro and Dolly uh, lived together and remained in a relationship for seven years following this. Um, and it seems tumultuous and the relationship eventually sours. And <laughs> can I ask, did he, did she not be like, where's my vagabond? <laughs> I think she's just like, okay, you kicked him out. Like, she was like, <laughs> <laughs> I just love the idea that she comes home and she's like, Otto? Like, like that wakes just... up from coma meme, that like oh old meme. Boy, oh. I hope my attic lover is doing all right. Oh boy, I can't wait to see my lover who lives in my attic and has sex with me eight times a day. <laughs> this just sounds like, okay, she just sounds like somebody who should have been born today in Polly. Yeah. Like, this is a woman who can't be I tamed. think there's more than Polly. Oh, well, obviously, there's a lot going oh, yeah. on there, but. um, So, uh, they live together. The relationship eventually sours, and after they break up, uh, Shapiro goes to the police. Shock. Because he has been keeping this secret for seven years that she had a lover who was living in the attic. Like, Yeah, and that's like a huge probable cause. Yeah. Eight years after the mysterious murder of Fred Osterick, warrants are issued for the arrest of Dolly Osterick and Otto Sandhuber. Uh, Dolly is arrested in LA on charges of conspiracy and Otto is charged with murder. Police track down Otto to an apartment in LA. He's now going by Walter Klein and married to a woman, Matilde, his wife. Oh, good Uh, for him. He initially denies being Otto Sandhuber or having any idea about what they're talking about. Um, He claims to not remember anything further back than three years ago. Um, he met his wife in Portland. Uh, apparently, he moved to Portland in 1924 and became ill soon after, uh, which just conveniently re- re- um, removed his memory of anything prior. Like, he claims that he just, like, found himself on a train one day. I mean, also, that could be massive trauma. Oh, yeah. Like, for totally, sure. Totally. Um, but then the couple moves back to L.A. in 1927. Can't stay away. No. Um, the wife continues to proclaim that Walter was being misidentified and blackmailed to uh, force him to confess to being oh, Otto. Girl. Um, Stand by your man, but at what cost? <laughs> so the police try to use fingerprint evidence, um, but they realize, they take Otto's fingerprints, Walter Otto's fingerprints, and they realize that the fingerprints they had taken off the doorknob of the closet eight years prior have been destroyed. So they don't really have evidence. But they do... Uh, Yet they- another example of, like, full incompetence by police. Oh, yeah. And then they Especially do- the LA... Like, the LAPD is, like, one of the most laughably, like... You don't love the LA. They are so laughably bad at their jobs. Like, in ev- And not laughably bad at their jobs. Like, they are just across the board bad. They, uh, they do get what they want here, though, because they do another classic uh, <laughs> cop move, which is they lie to Otto and say that they do have the fingerprints and that they match. Oh, coercion. Yeah. Everybody's um, favorite method to get anything. Yeah. But, I mean, he was Otto I, You know, it's like, <laughs> I'm, like, talking shit about it. He was Otto. He was Otto Sandhuber. But, like, at the same true. time, I'm but like, he these, wasn't? but what if he wasn't? And I'm like, also, <laughs> fuck these guys. No, no, he definitely was. So they also bring in some panels of, I'm assuming, like, wood from the mansion. <laughs> <laughs> the, from what? From the mansion. For fingerprints? No, to show him. For why? They're just like, do you recognize these? <laughs> And I guess at this point, he's just, like, nervous, and he's like, well, gentlemen, I'm Otto City. <laughs> I love that it's the wood panels. He was like, oh, God, like, having flashbacks. Looking at the- <laughs> he gets a boner looking at them. That's Maybe how they he's know. he's really <gasps> sad that he's they're destroying his attic. 
Well, I just love the idea of him being like so turned on by the wood panels because he's like, that's where I got fucked. Like, <laughs> he's like, he's like, oh no, not the wood panels. This brings back. <laughs> this brings back some sensations. So that's when we get to hear for the first time Otto's story of that night in 1922. Let him speak. So he tells police that the night of Fred's murder, he was in the attic because where else would he be? Because <laughs> that's where he was assigned. <laughs> And he heard Fred and Dolly having a loud, violent-sounding argument downstairs. Um, He claims that he thought Dolly was in danger and ran downstairs and charged Fred to intervene and protect her. Can you imagine? You're Fred. (laughs) That is, like, the part of the story that creeps me out the most. Like, you're in the house fighting with your wife, like, probably being a shithead. Yeah, probably drunk as fuck. Some pale, gangly man. I'm, like, some ghost. runs down at you, I would... Absolutely this cool looking motherfucker just like <laughs> sprinting at you i would also have probably been killed very quickly yes so uh interestingly enough it still doesn't really say like how the gun got involved but they're fighting there's it's the 1920s every man had a gun on there's him. there's just a gun on the table you know yeah. well do you remember the kentucky murder house how there one guy literally had two guns on him <laughs> The reason he lived was because he was like, oh, fuck, my backup gun. Oh, my backup gun? Yeah. That was literally, like, where, like, <laughs> like tucked into the back of his pants after his first gun got taken from him. And this was also the 1920s. <laughs> America has a problem. <laughs> and I have a solution. Uh, so he charges Fred. A struggle ensues. Uh, we're assuming Otto gets the gun. Otto shoots Fred. Um, this is his defense as well. So he's saying in self-defense that Fred uh, struck him first. But that doesn't really add up with that. I, he just said thing. that he rushed him. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot going on here. Anyway, Otto shoots Fred three times. Fred dies. So after Fred is dead, uh, Otto and Dolly, according to Otto, decide to stage it like a robbery gone wrong. And Otto locks Dolly in the closet. Dun, dun, dun. You were thinking that was what would happen. You're right. You're right. I w- I'm still sticking with her long fingers theory. I believe you. Um, so after that, the murder, uh, Dolly moves to that new house, uh, takes Otto with her. Otto lives in that attic for nine more months until he gets kicked out by Shapiro. And while he's living in the house, he writes a short story based on the events called Murder Will Out. Um, so the, the main source I was using for this, The Detective Adventures, uh, was actually published in 1930 before the case was resolved. So this all came out um, while they were both still uh, imprisoned and being charged. Uh, Dolly with conspiracy and Otto with murder. Um, and this was a huge media sensation at the time. At the time. Oh, I can, it was in the I can New York see Times, why. It was in the LA Times. It was looking at internet archives. I saw articles in Florida, in the Midwest, in the Northeast. Like, it was truly, like, just such a sensational story. And uh, after learning some of the more sordid details, uh, the press dubs him the Batman. Uh, two <laughs> words, not one. Two words. Yes, two words. Two words. Um, because he lived in an attic in the dark, I assume. And, and uh, sleeps upside down. And bats have lots of sex. Yeah. I don't know. I don't they know. don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he, and he eats three times his body weight in bugs in the attic. <laughs> <laughs> um, so as the case progresses, Otto recants his initial confession and claims that he was told to make up this story by Herman Shapiro to be his defense. Oh. Against the that it was in self-defense. Um, so then he revises his story while he's on trial. To say that uh, she was in the attic when he heard fighting and an awful noise and claims that Dolly didn't tell him about Fred's death until two days later. 
Oh my god. That's interesting. But wait, wait, wait. No, keep going. Okay. I have questions, but keep going. Okay. Uh, that's also when he first said, like, oh, like, I was Dolly's sex slave. Like, I didn't have any free will here. So that wasn't something that came out until he was being charged with murder. Yeah. I was like, it's a convenient, it's a convenient admission. So maybe he was, and, you know, there is, there was a weird age gap when they met. And, yeah. I no, mean, for sure. I was thinking about the fact that he was 17 when they yeah. first met. So there is, there is a level of power dynamic there. That's oh, like, yeah. And Dolly, Dolly seems like a crazy person. Oh, 100%. But also, I, I'll i keep going. Keep okay. going. Keep going. No, I, I mean, it's also the fact that when, like, he moved to L.A. and had, like, I know there's more things than physical restraint that can keep somebody with a potential abuser. But, like, he did have physical ways to leave at many times. Like, yeah. He could have actually left physically. Now, mentally, maybe he just wasn't in a great place and she was coercing him. Well, and they're, you know, like. him. I was going to make a joke earlier and then stop myself <laughs> when, um. Herman was like, get out. And he was like, okay. I was like, wow, soy boy beta cuck. Yeah. But I'm like, oh, I think there's like a little bit more truth to that. Like, mm-hmm. I think, you know, like, like obvi- obviously, like, kept man. exactly. Well, it's like, obviously, I want to believe, like, I want to believe that if he's saying he was abused, that he was, like, and that there was a level of, cause, like, and obviously there was. There's like a level of, there's something weird going yeah, on. Yeah. There's something there. But also, like, I think there was a part of him that maybe wanted to be there mm-hmm. and wanted to be kept like that. Like, yeah. Because that is a kink. Like, that is a massive kink, especially for, like, men, is, mm-hmm. like, the idea of, like... It's 1920s. You don't have any way to express that. No, how do you express... <laughs> like, men have to die in a war. <laughs> Not Otto. He's in the Not attic. Otto. He's in the attic. Uh, so, yeah, that's his defense, is that actually he didn't uh, kill Fred, and he was Dolly's sex slave. Um, but then how did she get locked in the closet? <laughs> but then who was phone? but no but like if he's saying that he didn't yeah no it doesn't make any fucking sense yeah i'm like boy this is a bad if you're a writer you should be better at lying (laughs) we never said he was a good writer yeah Um, that's true that is true that's true Uh, i haven't read his stuff yet um but i do i do see a sliver of a possibility that maybe he wasn't the one who pulled the trigger because i just think it's oh for sure i think it's interesting he just doesn't seem like the strong personality well, and also, if he's, like, weak and emaciated, like, in the attic, how is he supposed to take on, like, Fred? Yeah. Well, my personal pet theory. Here's my personal okay, pet theory. Okay, tell me, tell me, tell me. <clears throat> is that there was an argument going on, and Dolly, that those two guns were her guns, and that yeah. she used one of them and just killed Fred out of rage, and then called down Otto to be like, I just killed Fred. Like, you need to help me stage this like a robbery. Well, yeah, because, like, she doesn't seem like somebody who would cover for Otto. Like, mm-hmm. she doesn't seem like that kind of girl. So, like, it's, like, the idea of her getting rid of the evidence is not necessarily, like, it makes more sense for her to get rid of it to, like, get rid of the implication that she did anything. Mm-hmm. Rather than her being, like, I need to protect this man I have hidden in my attic. Sure. Like, because, like, if she's willing, because, like, she let Herman be, like, get out of here. <laughs> and she was, like... Oh, well, like, so she it's certainly like, didn't look for him once she got out of prison. And he just wasn't there. No. And so it's like if that theory makes so much sense to me. Odd like that. That makes a lot of sense to me. So uh, eventually during the trial, uh, Otto is found guilty of manslaughter. But at this point, the statute of limitations has run out. So he uh, is released from prison, which I'm like, why the fuck did we do this then? Yeah. What was this all for? <laughs> I guess maybe if they could prove it was first degree murder. But I'm just like, yeah, but like. That, in the 1920s, it's like so. 
when you read these cases from like the 1920s, it's so hard to pin first degree murder on anybody without like a written. And yeah, they really didn't have any evidence. Yeah, it's like they can't tap phones yet, really. Like they're not mm-hmm. like the technology's not there. Um, so he's released from prison and he just returns to live with his wife, Mathilde, who uh, by all accounts he loves and lives in anonymity. 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 Anonymity for the rest of his days. Uh, so, um, Dolly is still being charged with conspiracy after Otto is released. Um, she, uh, the jury is hung. Hung jury. And she gets out. The jury, you're telling me the story's hung? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so she gets out free. Um, and Scott free. Never charged her. with anything. And she later um, marries her second husband and 30-year companion, Ray Burt Hedrick. And in 1961, uh, she died at age 75. Oh, it was less than two weeks after marrying her second husband. Damn. Marriage does kill women, I guess. Yeah. So uh, that is how their story ended. But um, the legend has lived on and persisted and been sensationalized and retold and has also been the uh, subject of several uh, dramatic interpretations. The most important of these adaptations, uh, the 1995 direct-to-video release, uh, The Man in the Attic, starring Academy Award-nominated actress Anne Archer, who also played Dee and Dennis's mom on Always Sunny. Are you fucking serious? <laughs> and Neil Patrick Harris. Wait, as? As, the, as Otto, as the man in the attic. Are you fucking serious? And I'm going to make you watch the trailer right now. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. I'm so excited to watch this trailer. It's I watched it earlier. It's so funny. Oh my god! It looks like it's a porn. Honestly. And it's only a minute. It's only a minute long. Oh yeah, Jeez. it was a okay. direct video release. Well, yeah, and also it's 1995. The year I was born. Okay, here we go. Uh, Whoa, she's ripped his shirt. An uninhibited breakthrough performance. What have I done to you? You deserved a life. I've taken it away from you. The story of one woman's quest for the perfect lover and the man determined to possess her. I should have shot you long ago. Neil Patrick Harris, an Academy Award nominee, Anne Archer. Oh my god. This is, yeah, you're right. This does just look like a porn. There's like no. Oh my god. Yeah, that was all just them making out and feeling each other up and like ripping their clothes off. 90% of the scenes in that one minute trailer were just naked people. That was like the whole thing. Up. That yeah. was like the whole thing. And also, wow, what a twink. I also like How that- did anybody ever think Neil Patrick Harris was straight? Like I like how they had to say twice, Academy Award nominated. That was all they had going on. They were like, please God watch this movie and Archer's in it. Please, someone's well, here. And also like the narrative that it's like, and the man who wanted to possess her. Like the real story is like <laughs> definitely the opposite. Yes. Like, this guy was just some dude living in her attic, and they're like, he was dangerous and sexy. <laughs> Get ready for something sexy. <laughs> Them saying that is, like, one of the 
funniest. I think that's the only way you could market porn back in the day. Probably. This was probably shown on Cinemax. Skinemax. Skinemax. Skinemarink. It looks softcore. Yeah. Well, and also, like, poor Neil Patrick Harris, like, gay boy having to be, like, so straight. But he does. I'll now show you a photo before we wrap up of... Of um, Otto? Of course. Oh, that's, uh... That's oh, her in Dolly prison. on prison. Yeah, on prison. She's slaying. Um, oh, that's him when oh. he was older. Um, he looks like an Otto. He looks like an Otto. Like, that's a German man. <laughs> and this is a photo of him and his wife when he was on trial. Oh, okay. They're oh, cute nice. together. But he does He does just look like, you know, he, he looks like a guy you could fit in an attic. Yeah, well, he just looks like some guy. Like, yeah, yeah he's those weird little glasses my favorite of the part. time. That's my favorite part about these, like, old stories is that everybody kind of just looks like some guy. Uh-huh. Like, it's not, like, Instagram models now. Oh. It's, like... Oh, this is... Uh, wait, I'll show you Fred. Because Fred... Oh, yeah, show me Fred. Fred's just ugly. Oh, ew. Yeah. No, I get why she was having an affair. Yeah, she, oh, a <laughs> if lot he was like, If he was, like, a mean alcoholic and looked like that, what do you bring to the table besides money? And it's, like, it's just money. And listen... 1920s you got to do what you got to do and this photo and that little uh like, era so typical hat and the oh no she's wearing like a dead fox i thought it was oh like, yeah that's a fox i thought it was just like sure. a fluffy like feather boa no there are paws i can see it's paws fully got paws in a nose call her ranch because she's dressing because she be dressing you do not support animal abuse no god no i don't wear fur <laughs> um but like but no but like she's so cute like even as an older lady like i'm like oh that's a really pretty lady yeah i think I mean, there's something deeply wrong with her, for sure. But, like, I'm like, aw. <laughs> I, think, I think there were easier paths to attaining what she wanted. Literally. Um, and I think she was like, fucking just, dumb. Just have a normal affair. Just have a normal affair. The lesson here today is if you're going to kill your husband, don't give the evidence to three different people, two of whom are going to be your ex-lovers. Yeah, I'm like, don't give any evidence to a boyfriend, girlfriend, or partner. And that's what we have to say and here that's, that's at how Welcome you, Home Cheater. At Welcome Home Cheater, we believe in getting away with murder. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's it for the show. That's That was a fucking wild story. I didn't know so much of that. Like, yeah, I was, I was uh, happy to get to learn a lot more about it while researching. Also, you're a very good researcher. That had a lot of really good details in it. Uh, aww. <laughs> but no, it was really good. I really enjoyed that. Yay. All Yay. Right. Well, that is it. And I will put the sources I used uh, in the show notes. Awesome. Well, this has been Welcome Home Cheater. I'm Thank Elle. you for tuning in. I'm Audrey. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. Yeah, we'll have more for you. Bye. <laughs>